The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This is Talkin' Cowboys. Broadcasting live from Dallas Cowboys Training Camp in Oxnard, California. Hand off, Elliott plowing to the goal line. Barry, sacked by Lord. Prescott keeps it, and he bangs it into the touchdown. And now your hosts, Mickey Spagnola, Rob Phillips, and Kyle Yeomans. We are doing away with the ramp up as padded practices are here in Oxnard, California. Welcome into a Monday edition of Talking Cowboys here on DallasCowboys.com, live from Radio Row. Alongside Mickey Spagnola, Rob Phillips, I'm Kyle Yeomans. As, like I just said, the ramp up period of four unpadded practices is in the rearview mirror, and the Cowboys get to have some physicality starting this week. This is when the fun really starts to begin, Rob. Things start to ramp up, and we finally get to see a little bit more of an accurate picture of what this Cowboys team is going to look like. It's time. It's time. You ready, Mick? I you got am a breath ready. yesterday still? You good? Not good. Okay. <laughs> Didn't sound like a relaxing day off for you, but yeah, let's go. No, let's it go. was great. Guess what I saw yesterday, or felt? Raindrops. No. It actually rained during our bike ride when we were in Ventura. When's the last time you think I felt or saw raindrops? I was about to say, I'm starting to believe they're not true. I think it's a myth. Yeah. June? Especially being from Texas and then coming here where it really doesn't rain. What is rain? What, what is that? What it is has that to thing be June, rain? right? Yeah, probably. Maybe even before that. Maybe May. People were running May for showers. cover. People were running for cover, <laughs> and I'm driving my bike going, oh, this is great. You're singing in the rain. Mickey Spagnola. Right. How about that? 34 miles on bike. Huh? Raindrops were falling on my head. Oh, Just wow. a little peek behind the curtain. Yeah. 34 miles, that's not an exaggeration. Mickey went 34 miles, but more importantly, Alex Lilly went with him. That's right. He's one of our production guys. He's fantastic, does the sounds of the sideline. He does so many different things for DallasCowboys.com that, that you don't really get to see his name on. He got the Vasher TD on, he on did. social for everybody that saw that. Yes. Retreated to that. So, yeah. So, Alex he does a man. phenomenal job running the camera. But he went with Mickey on this bike ride, and he's still in the room. He hasn't emerged yet. We don't know where he's at. He may just not be able to get out of no, bed this morning. No, I saw him uh, coming back from breakfast. Okay, so he did make it out of bed. he said he was good. I'm glad you're ready to go. Let's yep. go. So Mickey got some conditioning in. That's kind of what it has felt like for the Cowboys the first four days. It feels like an extension of OTAs, an extension of minicamp. But, Mickey, now that we get into padded practices, we finally get to see the trenches go at it. We get to see – what the running backs, the linebackers look like. It's it's a complete picture of this ball club. Yeah, they uh, they named Saturday the return to football. <laughs> Today's the return to football, yeah, right? Yeah. They put the pads on. We're actually going to see them in pads. You know, we go through the whole offseason, and they go through these mini camp and OTA practices and helmets, jerseys, and shorts, and you keep qualifying everything you say. Like, well, yeah, okay, but they're not in pads. Wait till we get to training camp. Now you get to training camp, and you got to go, well, we got to wait a week <laughs> before we see them in pads. So finally today the pads come on, and we have a better idea. Or we'll get a better idea of what these offensive linemen are doing. You can't play the offensive line unless you have pads on, unless you can be physical, yeah. unless you can hit somebody. And that's why it, every year, well, the defense is ahead of the offense. Well, yeah, because the, the offense functions – 
the way the offensive line functions. And if those guys don't have their whole, as the guys like to say, toolbox with them, then, yeah, well, how do you judge it? So now we, we find out where this offensive line is. Yeah, it's, I'm glad you explained that because I think we just state it all the time every year and maybe we don't explain why it's important for pass, yeah. especially for offensive linemen, even linebackers too because I think the offensive line, they're not able to be as aggressive, especially in pass protection. They can't get their hands on guys. It's just it's not an evaluation that you can really look at and say it, it's a fair evaluation. So that's why we always talk about skill players, the quarterbacks, those spots, how how the DBs are covering. You can you can judge that a little bit better. Um, but yeah, we finally get to see the good stuff today. And how about pl- just play football instead yeah. of saying, "Okay, we're in two minutes, so the defense knows you're passing, right?" Or this is the passing drill, or this is the running drill. Well, how about just play football and say, "Okay, we're calling plays now. You play defense." That's I mean that's a great point because pretty much through the early parts of practices, it's almost like glorified seven on seven. You got a couple guys in front, kind of just working with their their pass sets. They're looking at, at at blocking schemes and things like that. Sure, they're getting work in terms of the foundation that they're laying. But on the outside, it's seven on seven. There are no pads. It's just shirts and helmets. And then you're going up, and that's how we can evaluate some of the wide receivers, corners, safeties, etc. Linebackers, yeah, it's really like looking at reads with linebackers. Like who took a good first step, who was in the right place at the right time, because then you still don't get any of that physicality, and now we get a chance to do so. But with that being said, let's take a look back in the first four practices, because the last time we had Talking Cowboys, we had only one practice down. We've seen three more since then. So let's wrap up the ramp up and, and go into what we've seen so far how, out here in Oxnard. Rob, what are, what are some of the things that have stood out to you? Well, I think Mickey hit on it. I think the defense has been flying around in the no-pads practices, and I think you could say, yeah, they've, they've, they've probably had more success in the team periods than the offense has. That's not a surprise. It'll even out as we go. And the, and the offense has had moments. I mean, Dak and, and CD have had some connections. I think if you want to look at some guys that have stood out, um, there are some wide receivers that have made some plays out here. And you know, Jalen Tolbert, third-round draft pick, is one guy that's done it. Dennis Houston kind of flashes here and there. Um, if you're looking at a, a running back not named Zeke or Tony Pollard, Rico Dowdle's got some shifty to him. He, he's, he's, he looks good and healthy coming off of the hip injury from last year. So uh, defensively, Micah Parsons, obviously. Mm-hmm. Anthony Brown is off to a good start. Um, the DBs are really out there flying around making plays on the ball, and that, that's been impressive. So um, that's the best judge or evaluation you can get from this kind of thing early on. Does that kind of come with what Mick was talking about, though, is that the ability to fly around because you kind of know what's coming. I mean, you're tipped off because – hey, guys, we're going to go into the scramble drill now. That means the quarterback's going to roll out. You know you're going to have plenty of time to cover your receiver, and then the throw down the field's going to happen. So how much does that play into the factor of how good this defense looked, and could we expect to see maybe a step back in that regard? Well, it'll be interesting because you're right. On a scramble drill, so the DB knows it's a scramble drill. So I'm not falling for your first move because they're not throwing it to you, right? Mm -hmm. We're going to have to scramble. And then you just lock on to the guy, right? That's like, okay, I'm going to have to run with him, so let's go. Um, yeah, it's it's more it's more real, right? Uh, and and I I think you know we could see guys can move in this other this ramp up stuff, and it's not a bad thing because a lot of times when they used to put the pads on and go 
two-a-days right off the bat, you got a lot of injuries. And the idea these days is let's get to September 11th, right? Let's not worry about August 11th. Uh, and so I think it helps from a health standpoint. Um, but, yeah, you know, I can see that Marquise Bell can run as yeah. a safety, right? Okay, fine. Now, we're not, we're not playing grab butt out there <laughs> tackling if you know what I mean. Nice save. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, you, you're not touching up. You're, PG show. you got a show. Th- you got a thump up, right? you got to actually thump use your, your pads and say, okay, Ramp I, I, I would have hit the guy, right? <laughs> because they do that two-minute drill, and all they're doing is tagging the guy, and the guy, blow, you know, Bones blows the whistle, and that's where the ball is spotted. Yeah. Well, would you have tackled him? Uh, well, who knows? Yeah. And, I mean, and so we get a better idea. I will say – for the most part, there is speed out there. They're going full speed, not in every drill, but you know, guys of this size doing that, it's still competitive, and it's still, but it's not as physical for sure. And to your point with the, with the scramble drills, there's also no threat of the running game. No, you know, for, if you're a defensive right. lineman who's just getting up the field, you don't have to worry about anything else. So yeah, it's not it's not a full evaluation. Because the guys asked me about John Ridgeway, and I go, I we haven't know. seen him. Yeah, uh, he he hadn't had a chance to play football. And so now you'll see where he's at. Uh, I do like the the looks of the inside, though, with Gallimore back in there. I think he makes a huge difference in what they got at defensive tackle, uh, getting him on the field. Mm-hmm. Um, next to Osa, uh, you know, we always forget about Watkins. Yep. Um, you know, he's still there. Quinn so, Bohanna's and, even and getting Bohanna, some snaps. Yeah, yeah. so we, we get an idea of what those guys are doing against a run inside or what they can't do once the offensive linemen start leaning on them. Right. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I think that, that, that's a, a better judgment of actually what's going on. And we'll get, what, how many, two, three of these in a row before they – have to take a, take two. a break a day. Uh, yep. Two and then the mock game. Is mock right? game is Wednesday. Yeah. And then they get right back in it and they have three more, right, toward the end of the week. So I it's think so, yes. Monday, Tuesday padded. Mock game Wednesday is kind of a breather. And then Close. you get Thursday, mock Friday, yeah. Saturday. Yeah, we're not a part of that. So yeah. And then another day off on day Sunday. Day off on Sunday. Yep. Nothing and happens on Sundays out here this year. That's amazing. Every, yeah, it's it's not it, it's very Synergistic. I like it. I like it. I, I like knowing I've got my Sundays off. Because normally the only Sunday you might get off is if they played a preseason game on Saturday, Saturday. Yeah. and yep. traveled. And by the time you get back here, then Sunday's sort of a day off. Yep. So, Mick, out of the, the first four practices, who stood out to you in terms of the evaluation that you could make? Um, I think from what we can evaluate, I think uh, Jalen Tolbert, uh, looks like uh, the real deal. I think we thought that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the more and more I see of him, uh, I, I like it even more. Um, now, it's another thing. You can catch the ball out there, but it's another thing to catch it when you know somebody's going to hit you. Get hit. And they're not going to hit them, right? They're going to thump them, as they say. A thump up. But still, <laughs> it's not a free pass, right? And you never know when – the DBs, like I like to say, boys will be boys, and mm. when the pads come on, you start playing football. Uh, and then the other thing is, I didn't, and we didn't get to see him in OTAs and mini camps. I didn't know that James Washington was that big. 
I, I, I was wide, right? He was the, yeah. He's not a tall receiver. I thought he had, I thought he had his shells on the other day. His shoulders are yeah. big, yeah. Uh, and he can still run. Uh, and I'll be interested to see him some more because uh, we're sitting there going, okay, there's not going to be Gallup at the beginning. Now can Washington step up? Mm-hmm. Uh, can he play a role where he was just kind of a backup sort of guy uh, at at Pittsburgh or maybe the third receiver? Can he be the second receiver? Yeah. Because I think you would be asking Tolbert a lot to be the second receiver when you're asking C.D., to be the first receiver. I feel better about CD taking that lead role. Uh, so, yeah, because uh, when we got here, I think the wide receiver position had a big question mark on it. Yeah. It probably still does. Still does. But still let's, does. let's see, right? Yeah, and I think you hit on it when you first started your point. Like, it, it's so early. preseason is usually a great judge for receivers. We've seen receivers stand out here early in camp. And then the lights come on in the games, and and some young guys don't show up as much. Yeah. So how does that how does that carry over? And and I I think we mentioned Vasher's TD catch. Like he's it's beyond that. He's made some plays out here too. Sure. And that goes all the way back to OTAs. I mean I think he's had, he's had a nice off season heading into camp to try to win a roster spot. So, um and and I think you mentioned like linebacker position. Just for example, guys that you see or at least in the right spot. I see Leighton Vanderash in the right in the right spot a lot, a ton, S- snuffing out plays. Speaking of going back to OTAs, he's yeah. done that all summer. Being in position to make plays, you you see he's 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 on point with his assignments early on on the defensive Let side. Let me give of the ball. you another one, and I was going to ask you guys because I think this stood out more, maybe Saturday mm-hmm. than before. Are they giving Will Greer a chance to win that backup quarterback spot? Yeah, go I to DallasCowboys.com and. Visit Kyle Yeoman's fine work. He just wrote about that over the weekend, actually. They're sharing snaps. They're, I mean, in, it's not only snaps, but it's pure second-team snaps. And it's, it looks like Rush is kind of one of those guys that he's one of the first ones out there. And then it's Greer that gets the majority of the rest of the snaps. So Rush goes first, and then Greer gets the rest of the snaps. And then on Saturday, it actually flipped. Right. And they had even snaps, but Greer went first. So it's and been he went first all of it until they got to the last two minute drill. Yes, I want to say. and I've got I've got actually I charted their throws. So Greer started two for two. He went for a 15 yard completion to Noah Brown. Then he had a 17 yard touchdown throw to Simi Fajoko in the back of the end zone. Really nice throw. Uh, and then he had a, a PBU from Deron Bland. I want to get to Bland here in a minute too. And then he got broken up on a, a corner route as well. Uh, Rush went also two for four. PBU and a, a should have been picked by Nashon Wright were the two pass breakups. He had an eight-yard completion and then a seven-yard completion to a running back in Champlin that was a little bit underthrown. So Greer's throws have been more on the money. He's had better looks. He's had better results through the first four practices so far. And I think even going into training camp, there was an expected quarterback competition but I think now that's continued to get ramped up because you know what the floor is in terms of Cooper Rush. You know he can go win you a game, but if you can improve upon that position and still keep it on a low end of the salary cap, then why not at least look at a potential? Yeah, I thought I thought coming into this with Greer that he was competing to be on the 53 as the third quarterback. Yeah, yeah like uh, last year. Yeah, yeah. But now I think there may be more. And I don't know why I had this perception, and I said it to Brad Sham, Mike, roommate by the way Ooh. I said I, I always thought Greer was this kind of he ran a lot 
and, and Brad he's goes, mobile. No, I don't know. And he looked up his stats at West Virginia. Man, he threw the hell out of the Yeah, they played in the air raid offense right? at West Virginia. Yes. So, yeah. He's mobile, but, though, Mick. Well, no, yeah, he, he is. You're right. He can run. He can. Now, he, he, he's a tad short. I think they got him listed at, I want to say, Give me six two seconds. One, maybe. Six foot one, 220 yeah. pounds. Yeah. That, that's Cooper Rush is six three for com- I guess comparison. That's Tony Romo territory. Yeah, but he, but he, he I think he plays bigger. He looks yeah. bigger out there, uh, and and so maybe you know maybe uh, I I, I want to see more. And my other thought was he's going to have to play a lot in these first two preseason games, right? Yes. I don't think Dak's seeing the field. He'll probably not. He'll play from judging from what Mike said about. <laughs> Yeah, he's going to practice a lot against Denver and the Chargers. <laughs> Mike right? gave us a huge hint on what Dak might be doing in the season. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and so I think they're going to get, you know, let him, let him practice so he's ready to play in those preseason games. So who knows? They know what Cooper Rush is. Nothing's going to change. Give this kid a chance to start a game maybe. That would be interesting to see. Yeah, he threw the Vasher touchdown, right? He did. Yes. Yep. And that ball was – it was a great catch by TJ. I thought he but was that... throwing it to me. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was high and it was, far. It was a phenomenal throw because Kelvin Joseph was all over TJ Vasher. If that throw was not where yes. it was, Vasher doesn't have an opportunity and, to make it. Exactly. And if this was a real deal, once again, there would have been a flag. There on was Kelvin a flag. Joseph. Yeah, the Kelvin throw got through – yeah. had, a, had a flag at the end of it. So. so where I'm going there is that going back to college – to where you reference West Virginia, that was probably his best strength was his accuracy. He was yep. he was a very accurate and productive. A lot of big stats in college with that offense, but you know maybe the knock coming out. And by the way, he was a third round draft pick. Yes. So so I mean he had some talent. Obviously the team saw coming out. Doug Nussmeyer is the quarterbacks coach. Is the connection going back to Florida before he transferred to West Virginia? Uh, arm strength was probably the knock on him coming out. Yep. But I I mean. I think I had he, to do a lot with his size. Yeah, yeah, I think he can make the functional NFL throws, though, just like Cooper Rush. I don't think Cooper Rush has a cannon. Can he make the throws? Yeah, he made the throws against Minnesota. So, I don't. yeah, I think, I, like you, coming in, I think Cooper Rush is the guy behind Dak. But, hey, this is interesting, and that's a good problem to have if, if you've got more competition than you think. Some of the West Virginia numbers for Will Greer that we're kind of talking about here, 64% as a junior in West at West Virginia, 67% completion. As a senior, he had a 37-touchdown, 8-interception ratio, and he also rushed for 122 yards that season as well. But I so. think he threw for like three or 4,000. 4, yeah, 3,800 yards. Yeah, almost yeah. 4,000 I mean, yards. It was a phenomenal season. He was up toward the top of the list. Uh, but, yeah, I think there's a quarterback competition, at least behind Dak Prescott. And I wonder what happened, at, isn't, what happened at Carolina that they gave up on him so soon. Uh, he started two games. He lost both of them. He went oh no touchdowns and four yeah, interceptions. Yeah, he had a bunch of picks. Yeah, yeah he kind of he didn't that. necessarily play well, and it, that was as a rookie. I mean, that was good time ago. So maybe it's a new opportunity, new scenery will give him a good uh, go a good chance and, to be a backup. Go back and look at Tony Romo's rookie year in training camp. <laughs> I was going to say Tony Tony didn't play till he's what fourth season in the league. I yep. saw him throwing Third? the ball, and I'm going, this, get this guy out of there. He can't hit anything. Yeah. Yeah, he figured it out, didn't what he? What did I know? Bill didn't think he was ready. Yeah, well, he, maybe, he, was right. he probably he wasn't. wasn't. Yeah, right, <laughs> right. All right, when we come back, I'm not taking my eyes off of the trenches here in these next couple of days because the pads are back on and the physicality is back. But when we come back, how high is the ceiling for the defensive line and for this front seven of Dan Quinn's defense when we come back with more Talking Cowboys? 
Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah's savanna. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now, Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is, Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing, the star. Where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. This week! Did you get to work on time? Yeah, but I just realized it's Sunday. Little Sweet says head on home. Dr. Pepper's on its way. So sweet, unique. Baby, there's nothing better. I bet you've probably done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Did you invest your nest egg in an NFT? Yeah, and I don't even know what that is. It's a non-fungible token. Everyone's done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Nobody protects you from mayhem like Allstate. I'm a broken traffic light. Stop and go is the name of my game. It's easy. You go, they go. What was it? They go, you go. (laughs) And if you have the wrong car insurance, these repair costs could stop you in your tracks. So get Allstate's new low auto rate and be better protected from mayhem like me. Not available in every state based on coverage and limits selected. Subject to terms, conditions, and availability. In most states, prices vary based on how you buy. Allstate Bar and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. Back to talking Cowboys. Are you a Cowboys fan who spices up the game? Nominate yourself or others for the Cowboys Fan of the Year presented by Captain Morgan and win a trip to Super Bowl 57 in Arizona. Nominate today at DallasCowboys.com slash Fan of the Year. That's a great competition brought to you by Captain Morgan. We welcome you back to Talking Cowboys on Radio Row in Cowboys Training Camp, Oxnard, California. Mickey Spagnola filling in. We've got Rob Phillips. I'm Kyle Yeomans. And, gentlemen, let's talk about that defensive line. I'm really excited about what they can bring to the table. Mickey, you even alluded to it earlier in the show. But there's a lot of conversation about the interior. It's a very crowded interior room, and we we mentioned a number of names. Neville Gallimore, Tristan Hill, Chauncey Golston now apparently into that mix. Carlos Watkins. There's so many names there. But what is the ceiling for that defensive line, and can they really be a strength of this defense in 2022? Well, since you mentioned all those guys, I just marked the guys that we know, right? Okay. There's 12 of them. Wow. Somebody ain't going to make Nobody's it. Nobody's making it, right? Or not everybody's Somebody's making gonna, it. Right? They usually keep 10. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, Fowler. Okay. Sam Williams. This, this is including edge rushers. Tristan Hill, okay. Marcus Lawrence, Carlos Watkins, Dorrance Armstrong, Terrell Basham, Ridgeway, Neville Gallimore, Osa Odigizua, Quinton Bohanna, and now Chauncey Golston because in the offseason they basically said, well, you know, he's got to be versatile. We're seeing if he can play inside. Well, I haven't seen him play defensive end yet nope. out here. He's been inside, and he looks – the part like he's big 
Put uh, on 20 pounds this offseason is what he I told mean, me. Is that what he said? Yep. It, and I'll, I'll vouch for it. They got him listed as 277. So that's kind of the size he's, of a three. T- he's yep. he's bigger than Demarcus Lawrence. Yeah. D-Law's at what, 265? Well, he said 250. <laughs> he has slimmed down too. Um, 250? Yeah, they got him listed at 254. Wow. He does look leaned up. Yeah, and I thought I thought it. First of all, he cut his hair. Yeah, he did. So it makes his face look smaller, right? <laughs> he had the dreads. Um, but, yeah, they got him listed at 254, and he said he wants to play somewhere between, you know, around 245 to 255. So we got guys that big, their weight fluctuates. So, yeah, um, this will be, be good to see uh, and how they're using everybody. Um, you know, Dorrance Armstrong. I haven't seen him out there rushing the quarterback when they go to their nickel. Yeah. And that's when you're trying to get your best four pass rushers on the field. Um, you know, Sam Williams, I think he looks to part. Uh, it may be some transition for him, but how quickly can he make it from college uh, to the NFL? Um, you know, we, we forget how good Gallimore was because he hardly played last year. This yep. guy is really good. Played in only five games, started four of those. And, and Rob, when you're looking at the, the long list of names here that, that Mickey's naming off, is there anybody that you look at that is potentially in trouble that's on the chopping block at that point? Because that's, that's 12 good names. And that's also not to mention a, a name that we're going to bring up later that they even came in and worked out. Is there even room for an addition in that regard? That's where I was going. That's what, You want to go there now? Yeah, let's go for it. Yeah, go for it. Tack McKinley visits with the Cowboys on over the weekend, and, and that it kind of raises some eyebrows, to your point, because it's like, where where is their room? Now, I think Stephen Jones told us out here, uh, confirmed that they had the visit, and said you can't ever have enough pass rushers. And he's right. I mean, think about when Demarcus Lawrence goes down all of a sudden, week two in practice last season and misses 10 games. Yep. And you've, now you've got Micah Parsons playing exclusively edge rusher for a couple of weeks. So I, I think that's that's a key. But, yeah, I mean, especially on the interior, you know, how does that how does that shake out? And everybody wants to question, well, you know, Tristan Hill last year, his deal, you know, what, what where could he fit in this group? I think he's off to a pretty good start here in Oxnard, too. So yeah. um, we'll see. But to your overall question about – where this group can go, I think it goes beyond just, hey, can they build on 41 sacks? You know, they were yeah. middle of the pack last year with 41 sacks. Did a nice job. A lot of that was coming from Micah Parsons playing <laughs> everywhere. Had 13 last season. It goes beyond that. It's obviously, it's keeping Demarcus Lawrence healthy. It's it's finding a way to replicate, maybe exceed Randy Gregory's production on the other side with Dante Fowler, with Dorrance Armstrong, if he can take a step forward. Mick mentioned Sam Williams as well. They're going to collectively try to fill that spot. Um, but it's beyond the pass rush and the sacks. It's it's stopping the run. To me, that's where it starts. Yeah. Because they were way improved in 2021 from 2020. There was nowhere to go but up sure. last season. But the last image was 169 rushing yards by San Francisco. And I get that they're unique, and I get that nobody's really better than they are at that. But you may see them again in the playoffs. And that's the type of team you're going to have to deal with. And it's a it's a topic we've talked about off and on since probably 2018. Consistent run defense. They got to keep getting better there. Yeah, and I I just got the the feeling on this McKinley thing that they they were kicking tires. Think so? Yeah, I think it was like okay, let's let's take a look. I mean, his 
there's a reason why he's out there right now, sure. right? Yeah. And, and he hasn't been that great. And you know, you can look up his stats, but he's been yeah. he, he's been a guy. 20 sacks in 70 games, 60 games, 60 games. 60 yeah. so is that three, And most of those came in his or? first 3 seasons. He's been in the league for 5 years. Five. Over the last 2, he's only played in 14 games. He started 6. But he so, played he played for Dan Quinn yep. for a lot of years. And so, I mean, he's got a he I think it a was, big voice here. It it was pointed out to me the Cowboys passed on him and took Taco. Yeah. In, so in the draft? No, he went out, he went one pick before Taco. Before Taco. Oh, one before yeah. they couldn't get to him. Yeah. Okay. They liked him a lot. So yeah, 26 but he gets, overall. He's coming off the Achilles yeah, and he Achilles and, in and December. Another he, Achilles guy, yeah. right? Now they had some success with with Malik Hooker, obviously. Yeah, but he wasn't Malik Hooker last year. He was good no. enough to bring back, right? No, I I th- I'm just saying I think if he's healthy and Jerry told us they think he could be maybe ahead of Malik Hooker, which Kind of surprising to me, just because you know Malik tore his last September, yep, or two Septembers ago, and uh, and this was a December one, Chris, right? So, but if he can step in and help, that's that's a nice addition, potentially just part of a rotation. But the question is, from a number standpoint, how do you make it work? Well, that's my is thing he, is Malik Hooker didn't come into a crowded room. He didn't come into a safety situation that you said, okay, we have too many guys depth wise at this position yeah. to really spend capital and, and go and grab a guy. Whereas defensive line, you have an embarrassment of riches at the moment. It's seemingly so that you have guys that you could stash even for a little bit, Mick. Well, don't you think Basham's somewhat in trouble? Could be. Veteran. I mean, A little bit on, bigger contract. Was he on a two-year two year deal? deal. Yeah. $12 million, or no, excuse me, $5.5 million. Yeah, so it's, it's still I not, mean, it's not, not that big. Much. That's not like oh he's making too much I got to get rid of him. Mm-hmm. No. I'm just saying from a production standpoint, uh, you know he's got to keep he's got to keep an eye on himself. Especially Started 17 if, game if or you played want, in 17. If you want Golston to play inside, and you're probably not going to give up on him this early. Yep. Um, you know Bohanna, Ridgeway. You know can you keep both of those guys or does one of them just make it? You know and they'll they'll make that decision. So. Yeah, from a, but from a pass rush standpoint, yeah, I know you can't have enough pass rushers, but we got to find out: do they have more than just Demarcus Lawrence? You know, and that's the other thing. I think a lot of people forget Lawrence only played like seven games last year, if I yep. remember correctly. Seven games, twenty-one tackles, so three sacks. Everybody said, "Well, he had three sacks." Well, he played less than half a season. Yeah, uh, and when you come back, those first two games, you know. Big deal, right? You're still trying to get into it after getting hurt in after the first game of the season and missing all that time. So uh, I think he's sort of the key to this whole thing. Can he be the Demarcus Lawrence we know when he was healthy? Yeah. When he was healthy and not spending the entire offseason rehabbing instead of trying to take steps to get better, you're taking steps to get back to where you were. Uh, and I think that could be huge if they get that out of him uh, at defensive end and moving inside at defensive tackle on the nickel mm-hmm. where it's like, okay, who are you double teaming? Because if Micah Parsons standing next to him, well, they got to keep an eye on him. And the thing I liked it, that Quinn did last year is a lot of times they had their four-man line with Marcus Lawrence at left defensive end, and Parsons looked like he was a linebacker, and then he got on the line of scrimmage next to D. Law, and now it's like, okay, 
Who's staying in the block? Is it the tight end? Is it the running back? Uh, and can I double team him if they got five guys yeah. on the line yep. and he's the furthest one to the outside? How are you going to do that? We just we didn't see enough of that package last year, man. No, we did uh, more it, towards the end. No, right? I, no, I, we just didn't get still to not cause, enough cause, though. Cause yeah, because of, of injuries and stuff, we didn't see enough of of Micah. Demarcus Lawrence and Randy Gregory. It was only like a hundred and something snaps. It was the first game of the year, Tampa Bay, and then they had to wait ten weeks plus for that to come back. Yeah, and actually put it and, into fruition. Well, that's because Lawrence came back. Right, Correct. right, right. Yeah, I'm just saying that that was such a great package to have, and you had to just pick who you're gonna who you're gonna double, who you're gonna slide help to, and so now they got to they got to rework that without Randy. But okay. but th- that that's the importance of having D Law because here's, he, he elevates this group. And here's what makes that work. Vanderesh, sure, because now you can trust him at linebacker. Yep, they played around with Jalen Smith. They could see Jalen Smith out here last year that that wasn't going to work. Yeah, uh, and but it took four or five games before they said, "Okay, we're done." You know, and everybody said, "Well, yeah," but it was his con. Now it wasn't his contract. He just wasn't playing well, and and so and. The Bears picked him up, and he, was it the Bears? No, Giants. Giants, and he yep. didn't really didn't do anything. And he's still out there now. I believe he's a free agent. He's a at free the agent. Yeah. So, Packers. He went to the Packers. Packers. That's right. Packers also. So, but. so yeah. So anyway, the key to all that is having a linebacker that can play, and you can use Parsons in different ways. You don't have to just say, "Okay, he's my linebacker." Now, the key thing there might also be Jabril Cox. Yeah. Can, can he step in and play and give me three linebackers I can sink my teeth into? You know, I think it's funny that there – and there may not be free agent linebackers out there worth looking at. You know, they bring in a guy that's a defensive end, but that linebacker crew, uh, that's pretty thin Yeah. to me. Uh, so, I mean, what – can can Vander Esch stay healthy the whole year? Yeah, and it could get thinner if, if you – he kind of played chess here, and if something happens again up front to an edge rusher like a Demarcus Lawrence, and you've got to move Micah around again, now you're you're even thinner at linebacker. So there could be a domino effect. So I think that's a position they've got to continue to look at and see if somebody can step up. Like you said, Jabril Cox. I don't know if they would go out and sign a veteran, um, but it's something they. I think that's a position they're going to monitor and see how the guys perform. And, and it comes down to: is there somebody out there worth? sinking your teeth sure. into, right? Yeah. I mean, it's sort of like the offensive line with, well, let's go. Uh, you know, they're sitting there contemplating, okay, that shoulder, can if we give him a couple weeks, can he come back? Can he play with a harness on? Or does he need surgery immediately? Well, if he does, then who's your backup swing tackle? You're going to have to start looking at free agency to bring in a veteran. Yep. Unless it's Josh Ball. Yeah, and he's because, not played the because left side. Tyler Smith is a guard right now. Like they, yep. I haven't seen him take any reps at tackle. They want to keep him at, at guard for now. Ball did slide in at left tackle, and he took left tackle reps yeah. throughout training camp, and then of course in, into the offseason as just, well. I'm just saying, no, unless they're no, going to commit no, to a fourth round pick, they got to be the look, guy. They got to look in free agency, and I yeah. looked in free agency, and there's oh, not a lot out there. Oh, yeah, you know. The, um, who was it? I wrote it hey, down. Let's, the let's, Bears. The Bears signed Riley Reef. Yeah, three three million dollars one year, but he, he's been in the league forever. We 
we need to take a break. Okay. But I do want to talk about offensive line. That's kind of where we're going next. Okay. Yeah, and I, I don't, I don't want to cut gonna you off. started on the swing tackle. I know. Man. We're going to get right back into it. But when we come back, Why let's aren't go, they pro bowlers? Let's go, let's go from defensive line back into the offensive line with more Talking Cowboys. This week. Did you get to work on time? Yeah, but I just realized it's Sunday. Little Sweet says head on home. Dr. Pepper's on its way. So sweet, unique. Baby, there's nothing better. I bet you've probably done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Did you invest your nest egg in an NFT? Yeah, and I don't even know what that is. It's a non-fungible token. The Medal of Honor is our country's highest military award for valor in combat. More than 40 million individuals have served in the armed forces since the Civil War. Fewer than 4,000 have received the Medal of Honor. The National Medal of Honor Museum will be a place to preserve these legacies and inspire America. It's being built right next door to the Dallas Cowboys in Texas. Help us honor our country's greatest heroes. Learn more and get involved at mohmuseum.org. The Cowboys way where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing, the star. Where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now, Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is, Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Back to Talkin' Cowboys. Whether you're watching from home or you're cheering in the stands with Essilor lenses, you can see every exciting play. Book an appointment at your local Essilor experts and see what Essilor can do for you. See more, do more, Essilor. Gentlemen, I have some sad news. Mm. Can you see more and do more? Not right now. I can't find my Essilor lenses. Oh, Kyle. I can't find them. I, uh, I brought them out here to camp. I wear them on camera almost every time we are, we are live. And, uh, yep, I, I set them down when we went to the lunchroom, and they have disappeared. Oh, you did not find them. I have uh, not found them. Yep. So Sorry, buddy. I'm going to give you an update when we come back on Wednesday whether or not I've had them. Or I may have to talk to our friends over at Essilor and well, see I more and do more. Well, I bet they're listening right now and they're going, <laughs> okay, we've got all his specs. Let's just send him a replacement. I'm sure they probably glasses. have it all taken care of. They do great work over there, so go find you the perfect Essilor lens for you. All right, don't want to spend too much time on that. We're kind of running out of time here. Mark, yeah, Mike, but that's important. Yeah, it is important. <laughs> Mike McCarthy coming up at 10 a.m. Uh, Pacific time, 12 central time, by the way. Uh, it'll be streamed live on DallasCowboys.com and on the social sites. Mickey, you wanted to get into offensive line, but I might I might kind of <laughs> detour you a little bit into yeah, you just try Formula the One interior. No, I don't okay. want to talk. I do want to talk Formula try. One, but I'm going to try and push you to talk about the interior of the offensive line. I want to hear about Tyler Biotish, and do you have confidence in him? that he can be the anchor for an offensive line that has tried to repair some of the holes outside of him. Yes. 
Now give him somebody that he, that's stable at left guard. That's all he needs to be successful. Well, are you going to can the guy after one year of starting? Just one year? Mm-hmm. Because he, he only – Is that a yes? No, no I, was just, I was just <laughs> – I thought you were – matter of fact, said, yeah, yeah, actually, yes, I, yes, I would. Okay, <laughs> well, then we were going to have a further discussion. <laughs> No, I, I'm not what, hating what, what on Tyler Biotish. I just want to hear your comments. Yeah, I, I think he's fine. I, I think, you know, with a year experience, uh, I look back at Mark Stipnoski. Mark Stipnoski was not Mark Stipnoski in 1989 nor 1990 when he played his first full season uh, in the NFL at center. Uh, it took him a while to develop himself, and I think Biotish can do the job. I hear everybody say, well, he, he can't handle big guys. Well, no one can handle big guys. <laughs> Tell me who's handled Aaron Donald. Tell me who's handled Ndamukong Sue or Vita Vea, right? Everybody has trouble with those guys. So, you know, you might have to give him some help. Uh, you know, he's got Martin on the other side. So I, I, I'm not worried about him. I, I, they got to prove they got a left guard and they got to reassure me that the right tackle is what they've projected. Okay. And then that those would be my concerns on, on and backup offensive tackle. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> Who is it? I don't know. We talked about this last week. I don't know. And and, and you, if you're a good offensive tackle in this league, you're probably on an NFL roster right now. So here's so the names it's, you only show you four depth. names it's, it's that are out there. That's, Eric, why that's why they're drafting guys Eric, two years in a row. Eric Fisher. He's 31. No one wants him. He, he came back last year from a torn Achilles and didn't play well enough. Nope. Marcus Cannon, herniated disc. Brian Bulaga uh, was uh, on IR, and they waved him injured after the season. Uh, he had back injury. And Nate Solder, if you watched him with the Giants, it's like, yeah. okay, if, if, I can, if I can get the guy for a million, maybe so. And, and then, like I, like I just said, uh, the Bears signed Riley Reef one year, three million. But all he has to do is play ten percent of the snaps, and he gets four point five million. Yeah. So that kind of gives you an idea of what's out there from a veteran standpoint. Not much, and you, the last thing you really want to do is get older, because mm. all these guys are in their thirties. Well, let me ask you this, because you're not asking for a guy to come in and play seventeen games. Knock on wood. No, but hopefully. I don't want him to come in and play three, and I get beat. Okay, but with with some of the guys that you mentioned, yeah, they may be a little bit older and they have a little bit of an injury history, but if they're a veteran that played decent, that's enough to come in and potentially win this swing tackle job. Okay, but my point is I gave you four other names and none of those anybody touched. Riley Reef was Mm -hmm. the guy they brought in. They grabbed, yeah. And they basically, you know, if I can find a guy like that, Yep. That's fine. I don't think there's another one out there when you look at these guys that are available. That's why they're trying to draft and develop themselves. That's right, and that's what I want. They've, they spent a, a, a fourth-round draft pick on a backup tackle the last two drafts. And Tyler Smith, by the way, can play the position if you need him to. Yep. Um, so that they're trying to do it within. So this is where you find out. We'll so f- pads come on today, we'll start to find out. So we'll is the, to key find to out that, the key to that, then, if, if they need to, and I don't know if a, a rookie, you want him bouncing from position to position, but can Connor McGovern play guard so if something happens, Tyler Smith can move the tackle? 
Yeah, if they if they would want to put that much on him, yes, I guess they could. They started out calling Tyler a left side player, but yep. like I said, I think so far it's been either he's focusing on left guard. He's been so, exclusively at left guard. Yeah. Now he played tackle in college, so it's probably an easier transition. But I I agree with you completely. Do you really want to put that much weight of uh, versatility on a rookie? Because that's ultimately the question they're going to have to ask is if yeah. they – not only is he learning a new position, but, hey, by the way, we may need you an emergency duty over here. I, I mean, if he's the best choice, then maybe you have to, but I think they would probably prefer not to. Yeah. Um, he's trying to win a starting job inside, and, and that's where they want to start. And I think that's the right decision to let him focus on that, at least for now. Um, to your question about Tyler Biotis, I mean, if they're – they don't seem worried about him based on what they did not do in the draft. Yeah. They didn't. They they have not. I mean, we can talk about Matt Farniok taking some snaps. Connor McGovern's an option maybe, but he's competing at left guard, just like I said with Tyler Smith. Tyler Biotis is the guy, and yeah. I think I agree with Mickey. You know, I think they're trying to solve left guard, and I, because I think that combination, that's where teams were trying to attack last okay. year inside. And look at the Chiefs game as an example. Mickey mentioned a couple others. You know, there's some things he can clean up, obviously, snaps, things like that. But I think, yeah, I think they're going to give him – look, he's he's the starting center. Yeah. He's the starting center. So again. we need to keep an eye on Willetsko's injury. Yes. Uh, because they kind of said we're looking at him as the the, the swing guy. Yep. And, and I with him know missing if, valuable, valuable practices. Yeah, and I don't know if Josh Ball's ready to be a swing guy. Uh, so and they were going to keep monitoring. Well, let's go injury. It sounded like it's a. You mentioned maybe a harness. It sounds like it could be a little subluxation of the shoulder. Right. Right. Um, so we'll see on that. Something you can you can play with. You know, but guys have played with it. Yeah. Mickey, give me one player to watch today, really quickly, and he can't be named Josh Ball. Can't be named Josh Ball. No, because I feel like that's probably. Oh, you mean any position or anybody line? overall? Anybody? Just anybody you're watching in the first pad of practice. We'll give you a homework report. You, you're going to give me a scouting report on what you saw I Wednesday. I am anxious to see Marquise Bell in pads. Okay. Because they're kind of grooming him behind Jalen J. Ron Curse. Yep. Kind of that rover safety. And I think one of his qualities will be his physicality close to the line of scrimmage. Rob? Tyler Smith in pads. Have not seen it yet. See how he, he – you know, functions against what we said. It's a pretty deep defensive line rotation. Flip side, I want to see John Ridgway in pads too. See mm-hmm. how he how he fares um, in the trenches. There. I asked for one name, Rob. That was okay. the one Tyler I was going to give. Go ahead. No, I'm going to say Chauncey Golston in pads with a little bit of added presence on the interior of the defensive line. I want to see what he can do as a three technique, five technique. Hopefully they move him around a little bit. I don't want to just see him inside once. I want to see him inside and rolling a couple different times up against this offensive line, really challenging that O-line to, to get physical and see a little bit of clicking and clacking. But that's, the, that's going to do it for us here on Talking Cowboys on a Monday morning in Oxnard. Once again, we'll be back on Wednesday, 9 a.m. Pacific time, 11 a.m. Central. We'll give you all the rundown from what we've seen through the first two padded practices and get you ready for the rest of the week. For Mickey Spagnola, Rob Phillips, Chris Beam in the back, I'm Kyle Yeoman saying so long. We'll see you next time on Talking Cowboys. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?